All right, welcome to another Ember Weekend. I'm Jonathan Jackson. And I'm Chase McCarthy. And uh, together we are Ember Weekend, and we are here to talk about Ember newsy things and also stuff. So uh, we have a lot of really cool stuff. Um, I think really we, we had the week off, and then we had the conference before that, uh, the conference episode. So it's actually been a little while since we've done a proper newsy type episode. So I'm pretty excited about today. Oh, yeah, there's a ton of stuff going on. I mean, especially being at the, the conference and hearing about just a ton of stuff people were working on. Actually, I think a couple of these posts might have kind of originated from talks that were happening at, mm-hmm. the, uh, at the conference. Yeah, definitely. And I know the, the one specifically uh, occurred before and actually signs off with, I'll see you at Soember. And I was like, oh, wait, I wish I had read this before I was there. But yeah, let's uh, let's just dive in, I think. So the first thing we're going to talk about is a uh, an add-on by Caliber 5 which are the is is the company responsible for the Ember Bootstrap uh, add-on, which I think is really popular. I think it has a 10 on Ember Observer, so very, very popular add-on. And uh, basically, it gives you the ability to test your uh, fastboot apps, which um, is a problem right now. So um, it has some it has some weird uh, quirks that are that we'll talk about. But uh, overall, I think it's a really cool idea. Yeah, it's definitely something something that's necessary. I mean, you, you could do this yourself with some, you know, BamJS or something, or write, you know, even write some some capybara cucumber tests if you wanted to. Um, but you get no real tie-in to the back end. You don't get a uh, a handle to any way to like manipulate uh, the back end Ember application. Right. Yeah. So um, so basically, it's called uh, it's called Ember Fastboot App Tests, and there is a. Uh, a a companion add-on called Ember Fastboot Add-on Tests, which does the same thing, but for add-on development. And what happens is uh, the test code and the code for the tests execute in separate processes. And uh, one boots up the Fastboot uh, server, and then the other one like accesses it via um, HTTP incoming request. I don't know. I, I don't know the actual Node API, but uh, it, it accesses it directly. So it's actually kind of a true black box test where you're testing um, only getting, you're only getting like string HTML output, just like a browser would. Um, and uh, so some of the quirky things uh, that I think are definitely worth noting is that um, I don't believe this works with um, QUnit out of the box. So you have to use Mocha. And uh, and then probably more interesting is that in order for you to be able to like query the DOM in some sort of familiar way, like with jQuery, they actually have to introduce um, JS DOM in order to um, when you're actually making your assertions, it has to like parse the DOM and then you know give you a way to to say okay, well I want I expected a header here with this content or something like that. So um, so <laughs> JS DOM has its own quirks and its own memory issues, but I think overall I think it's still really worthwhile. Um, so I don't know. What do you think, Chase? Yeah, I mean like these you're not going to do all of your testing here. Um, they're probably not going to be as slow as a full uh, acceptance test, um, like each individual request, because I, I think that they're just hitting the visit API and getting the response. Like I don't think they're they're going over the network at all. Um, but this is kind of like just smoke test. This is just like, is, is fastboot working at all? Like on, on, on my pages, when I go there, is it just showing like <laughs> right. a blank page or something? So, yeah. so I think it's, it's just like, you know, you just make a couple of these and, and they're just designed to basically show you like, Hey, your fastboot's, you know, messed up a little bit. Um, because it, you know, if your fastboot wasn't rendering at all, uh, the app would kind of apparently still work, especially if you had a fast network connection, because as soon as the user sees this blank page, they'd get content. And then the Ember app would render, you know, you, you'd have no real indication uh, that the right. fastboot wasn't yeah. working. 
I, I actually think we ran into that on Ember Weekend's site. We had it broken for a little while and we didn't realize because it's just like, okay, well, it uh, yeah, it works. Look, I'm clicking around. It's doing the right thing. But then you like disable JavaScript or do a curl and it's like, no, no, it's not working. No. Okay. I was trying to be sly and say like some people could have this problem, but you were like, yes. Oh, some people. Well, yeah. Yeah. It was us. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, well, you know, hey man, I'm, <laughs> I'm not ashamed. We got, you gotta, you gotta learn to to roll with the punches. It's, it's right. good. It's good. Yeah, it's definitely something worth checking out. Um, it might it might really be helpful to just get some some basic regression testing around your fast boot apps for sure. And once we figure out more, we're gonna tackle this one again once I actually plug this into Ember Weekend. So, all right. So the uh, the next thing we're gonna talk about is a uh, basically a marketing site was created for uh, Ember Service Worker, uh, which is um, Dockyard's well, no, Dockyard and uh, specifically I think Martin Schilstra's take on progressive web apps with service workers. Um, and the idea is it's emberserviceworker.com with hyphens in between the words. And uh, the idea is that when you install this thing, it doesn't do anything. It just kind of like primes you to use their plugin system. And then you can basically mix and match basically different strategies that the service worker will use to deal with caching or, you know, all the things that you need to do uh, to make service workers uh, really powerful. So you can say, okay, well, I want to install Ember Service Worker and then say I want to, you know, hit the network but I want the, I want to hit the network and the cache at the same time, for instance, and then I want to return the fastest. Well, there's a plugin for that. Or say I want to request. Um, so basically, this is just uh, allowing a plugin system to hook into override the fetch um, API to use different strategies, similar to what um, it's called Google Service Worker. I think it's called Google Service Worker. There's like a like a suite of different strategies. It's the same idea, but instead of being kind of like imperative and like you're instead you're using um like a very composable approach so you can kind of mix and match and get exactly what you need for your thing um so it has a plugin system which is super cool um most of the uh, plugins right now are created and built by and maintained by dockyard so there's a reasonable expectation that they will be um, pretty high quality and they'll be maintained so i think i think what the idea here the goal here is to um, try to get to a position where there's basically a plugin ecosystem. So when you encounter a problem that requires service workers, um, it really would be good to like kind of investigate the plugin system and see if you can't come to a community agreement and create a plugin that you know other people can use. So it's uh, I, I really like the the scope is is pretty pretty big. Uh, I think that it's a it's a very uh, ambitious endeavor. But the idea of having this like nice ecosystem of pluggable service worker things is really awesome. And, and we, I think we already talked about the Amber Service Worker stuff before, but so this is just like a documentation site and, uh, you know, a, a place for you to kind of go to figure out the authoritative stuff. And I'm sure it's going to be, you know, worked on over, over the course of a little while. So, um, so definitely check it out. And if you are interested in service workers, um, I think this is a really good place to start. All right. And so um, we've talked about Mirage probably like every other episode for the last couple of years. It's true. And I mean, there's always, always work going on with it. And I, and I think I used it and I've used it in every project I've been on now. Uh, the latest one uh, is o, the O3O beta uh, series has been, has been announced. There's a blog post out uh, and actually it came out like last month. Um, so I guess that was mm -hmm. before Soember and we just, it was before it. Soember. Yeah. That's, that's in the intro, we were talking about how there was a blog post that I wish I had read before I went to Soember because we hung out with Sam and we could have asked him a bunch of questions. Yeah. Uh, and you know, the, he 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 always writes these really extensive blog posts, especially when he pushes a new a new like uh, mm -hmm. you know, version. Um, and so you know, re read through this one. Uh, it's really interesting. We we've 
discuss some of the issues that I think that this tackles. Uh, the one case that I really uh, am interested in seeing is the many-to-many relationship. Um, so like on our Ember Weekend backend, we have uh, what we call resource and we have authors and, you know, authors, you know, they, they like write resources, right? So uh, they, they, uh, they, uh, the resource will have a collection of authors, um, but authors, you can also grab an author and say, what resources are you associated with, right? So this is a many-to-many kind of um, right. relationship. And, uh, you know, the way that's implemented on the back end is that there's a join table of resource authors. Uh, but you don't want, you don't want to represent that stuff on the front end. So, you know, you, you just pass, like, you know, when you, when you get an author, the author has a collection, you know, has some, has some relationships, uh, to resources and same thing when you get a resource, it has some relationships to, to authors. Um, and the big, the big thing that comes into this is like, now when I put an author and I, and I give you those relationships, um, but I take one of them away. What happens on the back end is the back end intelligently delete that item. And that's what I'm hoping this deals with. It, it, I, I do need to investigate it more because uh, he, he does mention the many to many and he's got some um, some actual uh, demos. So every type of, of these types of kind of configurations you can have with a many to many and belongs to or, or belong, has many and belongs to. Uh, he has them represented uh, in a twiddle. So you can actually go in and mess with them. But I don't think any yeah, of them actually super do cool, a destroy. So um but yeah th- th- you know definitely go in and, and mess with this there's um there it's crazy how much complexity there is when like when when we explained the problem we were like oh yeah it's really simple you do this uh like we thought it was and then when we go to implement that in, in our server uh it was actually much more complicated uh it was a much more complicated thing to do um and then right. it's this, it's the same with uh you know with mirage it's like you, you know there there's some id tracking that has to happen kind of automatically yeah definitely and 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 you're exactly right like like it's it's one of those problems where you're you look at it at, at face value you're like oh this is gonna be super simple and really easy and then all of a sudden you're just like oh my gosh why and you're like banging your head against the wall yeah um, like one of one of one of the cases in it that, that you would think like you don't you don't think of when you're like oh this should be really easy uh you so you you're like well i don't want to always have to send you every relationship for you not to delete them so i should be able to send you just the op, the the attributes of the thing and you'll update those but not deleting the other things well how, now how do you delete every one of the things in the relationship, you know, so now it has to look for an empty relationship list and say, well, that means that you want to delete them. So yeah, th- again, this, this may not exist in, in this, uh, in this actual update. He, he just explains all of the, the cases of like the belongs to belongs to meaning a, uh, one-to-one relationship and the, uh, has many, has many on both ends means many to many and stuff like that. But, uh, I need to play around with yeah, and all the different combinations thereof. But yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, there's tons of combinations. I think it turns in like five combinations or something, something like that. Yeah. Um, but it, it's, it's, it's really cool. I really enjoy the, uh, the twiddles, like actually giving real concrete examples of what he's talking about really helped me understand this blog post. Um, it's a little dense and I don't work in, you know, like database. I'm not, I'm not a DBA for instance. Right. So, um, so some of this stuff is, is hard for me to like wrap my head around. So I really liked the, uh, the twiddles for sure. But yeah, anyways, uh, since it's a beta series, uh, as you know, we usually try to recommend if if you can, you should try to push to the beta on some branch or something like that and test some stuff out and provide feedback if you can, um, because that always helps um, flesh out a lot of edge cases. Um, so definitely check it out. And uh, we'll link to this blog post and we'll also link to the uh, to the GitHub repo at uh, 030. All right, and the, the next one up is a uh, small blog post by Ryan Toronto. Uh, so, so we got Sam and Ryan on the same 
on the same. Well, show. yeah, I mean, it's it's this one's an Ember Map one, so it's it's Ryan's blog post, but it's it's a Ryan and Sam thing. I'm sure I'm sure that I, they work together on this. One. Well, it's actually the, the author on this is actually Sam Selikoff. Oh, really? Is it Sam? Yeah, yeah. I thought it was Ryan. <laughs> so so okay. Well, now we got Sam twice. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. It's cool. Whatever. Yeah. Anyways. Ember map is basically going to be featured on every single Ember, Ember weekend from now until eternity. So let's just get used to it. Okay. So, so what this is, this is about is, um, and this is the one I think might've happened, uh, at so Ember. Cause he says the other day I was having a conversation about actions and I think I remember this conversation, but, uh, basically is about currying arguments, uh, and things like that and how actions work and that there's some, there's some, uh, People don't really understand a lot of times how how actions are doing the magic that they're doing, especially when you talk about closure actions and passing those yeah. to another action, and this fact that you can have like, uh, you know, you can you can actually attach an action to a specific event on an element, or you can just say kind of like a what's called like a modifier. You can just you know have just dangling there on the on the element, you know, not not attach anything, so, right? No on click equals. You're just like action. Um, what does that mean, and how is that different from you know from these other ones? And, uh, and he goes through and basically explains all the, all the different things and all the different ways, uh, that it's used and what those mean and, and yeah. the implications of those, which are, which are sometimes weird. Yeah, totally. I, I saw, yeah, some of the ones at the very end, I was having to like double check and I was scratching my head. Um, but they were all explained pretty well. I think, uh, did, did you end up putting them into a twiddle to test them out? I think we uh, were going to, um, yeah, I, I need to because there's there's one specifically that I'm like, does that really work? And yeah, right. Like, yeah, I trust that it does, but I'm like, it's always like, but maybe it yeah. doesn't. Yeah, that's not exactly the way I would use it. And having, yeah, you know, I don't typically use actions that way. But um, what the thing I the thing I thought was really cool here is that uh, when you start talking about actions, um, it, there's this whole context of like why. Uh, and I really appreciate this blog post for giving you some historical context because before the actions hash existed, uh, you would have to bind the context of this to your, um, I guess it was views at the time, right? In order to uh, like have on click equals this action, you would have to actually bind that in the init to the context. Otherwise, the this will be undefined. And then you're like, oh, well, I want to increment a counter and the counter is tracked by my, I guess, controller. I'm, I'm like, I'm like going, I'm putting my way back hat on. I guess it's a controller. Uh, and then you'd have to like bind it uh, manually so that this was the right this. And Actions kind of does that automatically for you, which is um, pretty cool. But it's something that you don't really frequently think about. You're just like, oh, yeah, yeah. When I'm inside of an Actions uh, and all I have to do is define this action and now I get the right context. Um, but that's what it's doing. It's kind of like doing some plumbing for you because they realized um, like the Ember people, um, realized that that was such a common use case that we really needed a better, uh, better primitive. Yeah. And actually at the, at the bottom of this, uh, uh, blog post, there is, and well, kind of midway down, uh, there's, there's a check it out here link. And that actually goes to a twiddle that has all eight of these examples. Uh, and, and you can like do, do these, um, you know, click, click the example you want to look at. And then there's some buttons that show up and you can, you can like add these numbers. It's basically currying arguments and like adding some numbers to a counter, um, and so, yeah, so play around with them. I, I really love this, how blog posts now are all like, and here's an example of everything I'm talking about. So you don't have to copy and paste it. <laughs> so good. Yeah, that's exactly like, I, I'm just thinking back to like kind of before Twiddle existed. And when we're doing, when we were doing Ember weekend spots on stuff, we would have to like basically build an Ember app every single time. Oh to yeah. Like test yeah. things out. So. Right. Yeah. Cause there, there was that problem. I mean, cause, uh, once you go from, you know, doing some simple jQuery stuff, we are like, oh, I'll use a JSBin and it's like, oh yeah, that, oh, yeah, that, yeah. that, that that kind of works, Ember. Like, oh yeah, I, yeah. I, I totally forgot about JSBin. Oh man, yeah, yeah. 
those those were those were those were frustrating because they would get out of sync like you would have like you'd, you'd like upgrade ember but then you have to like remember all of the different things you have to like bump when when you bump ember um yeah fun times fun times twiddle twiddle's awesome side note um yeah but anyways uh this is a really cool blog post and i think this is a really great refresher on actions in general so uh, if this is something you struggle with or even if you know it's just something that you're interested in uh you should definitely check check this blog post out and uh and give the twiddle a try yeah so thanks for listening uh to ember weekend you made it to the end achievement unlocked chase is editing so that's probably going to have a little sound effect i'm jonathan jackson and i'm chase mccarthy and uh, you can follow us at uh, Twitter on, or you can follow us on Twitter at uh, emberweekend.com. Or if you would like to follow with your reader of choice, uh, you can follow us at emberweekend.com. All one word. Uh, wait, all one word. That doesn't make any sense. Emberweekend.com slash feed.xml. And uh, we'll be back next week. I'm realizing now, Chase, uh, I did some I did some loose back of the napkin uh, math. And we're going to be really close to our centennial episode for EmberConf. I feel like uh, had we had we worked on every holiday going back since inception of Ember Weekend, we would be uh, we would be at a hundred episodes uh, at Embercom. But we're really close. We got ten more to go. Ten more, and that, we only have four weeks, right? Uh, yeah, ten. So no, like, we have five weeks, maybe. Four weeks, mm, five weeks. So we're gonna double up episodes in order to make it. I don't know, but we're so close. We're we're we're, we're so close. We're so close. But yeah, hundred episodes. I'm actually really excited. I wonder what we'll do. We have to do something special for the hundred hundred episode. Uh, we'll just we'll just um, we'll just bump it and call it episode one thousand. <laughs> yeah, it just like breaks Ember, break podcast Ember. All right, so that's it for this Ember weekend. Uh, once again, thanks for listening, and uh, we will see you next week. See you next week.